Well, praise the Lord. We'll gloriously arise. Amen. I'll make sure Sherry gets down here. I don't want to hear it. If she slipped, I'd be in trouble. No. <laughs> Take your Bibles and turn with me to Second Peter chapter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word, if you're able to. I said Second Peter chapter two, Second Peter chapter three. I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. I put the wrong down in my notes there, but 2 Peter chapter 3. We can read in verse 1, it says, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of the us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the Father fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that the, by the word of God the heavens were of old, earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world was then that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, it is long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, I praise the Lord for that. I, can I just stop there for a second? Say, you're going to anyway. That's right, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> There's those who believe that God picks and chooses who get saved. Can I tell you something? All. He said all, that all would come to repentance. He's not willing that any, not any should perish. Well, I praise the Lord for that because otherwise, who would know? If he's going to pick and choose, no, it's those who choose him as Savior. It's those who come to him and he would that all would come to him. Hell was not created for man. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. When you choose not to receive him as your Savior, there's no other place for you. Verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Back in verse 1, notice what it says here. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both that I stir up your pure minds. And notice what it says, by way of remembrance. I'd like to preach a message I've titled today, To Remember. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. On this Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate it, as we recognize, as we, Lord, as we look at the resurrection, as we said this morning, we weren't at the tomb, we didn't see the stone rolled away. We didn't look into this tomb and see the missing body. We didn't see the 
grave clothes lying and the napkin laying folded. We didn't see and hear the angel, Lord, by believing we have seen. And now you dwell within us, those who put their faith and trust in you. But Lord, help us to remember these great things, that our hearts might be stirred, that you might be magnified. Lord, we're in these last days, these, Lord, as you said, that these days are reserved unto fire. Lord, there's coming a time, and they'll call it, there'll be a shaking that'll shake loose everything. Lord, we realize that that's close. Be with us tonight, Lord. Help us, Lord, to remember as we take of the, of the cup and of the bread that we'd remember that broken body and that shed blood. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. In chapter 1, we find that uh, Peter speaks also of, of the remembrance there. There in verse 12, beginning in verse 12, he says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. He said, I want to stir you up. I want you to remember some things. He goes on, he says, to remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, otherwise while he was still alive is what he's talking about in the body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. He said, if you remember these things, he said, it will stir your heart, it will stir your life. He goes on in verse 14, says, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, otherwise he's going to die, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. He said, I want to plant these things in your mind so that you remember. He said, they're so important. The Lord wants us to be stirred by the way of remembrance. A Christian that doesn't stop and remember some of the very important truths from God's Word will soon grow cold and indifferent towards the things of God. You have to remember, you have to go back to that place of remembrance. You have to go back and, and think upon those things. It's good for every person in here, and we'll deal with this in a, in a minute, but it's good for every person in here to, to go back to that salvation time when you receive Christ as your Savior because it stirs your heart. Go back to that place and realize what the Lord did in your heart and life, realizing that He snatched you from the burning, that He set your, pulled you out of that miry clay and set your feet upon that solid rock and established your going and, 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 and put a song in your heart. There's much that the Lord desires us to remember that we might be stirred for Him. There in verse. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, he says, notice again, he says, the second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both that which I stir up. Stir up. You know, sometimes we can stir up some things. And sometimes it's not a good thing when we stir up some things. Now, I don't mind stirring up some things with Sherry. I do that all the time. We, we keep it stirred up all the time. I don't mind that. Say, why? Because I can outrun her. Amen. <clears throat> There's some things that should be stirred up. And there's some things that shouldn't be stirred up. But one of the things that Peter's saying here, he said, I want to stir up your remembrance, but he's talking about uh, stirring up your pure minds about the things of God, about the ways of God, about what God has done for us, how he sent his son to die on the cross and, and rise again the third day and 
that he shed his blood and that we might have eternal life. Because how soon it seems that we, that many forget and much that the Lord has done to stir us up to, to live for him. I don't, I don't know about you, but boy, sometimes I get to thinking and there's some things I get to thinking about where I ought to be in the Lord and, and I begin to think about what the Lord's done in my life and it begins to stir me. Sometimes it's a verse. I begin to think on that verse and it begins to stir me. Sometimes it's a good old gospel song. I begin to think on that song and get that song in my heart and boy, it begins to stir me. I'm not talking about just patting my foot. I'm talking about stirring my heart. Sometimes I'll be driving down the highway and I'll have a CD and listen to it. And man, I tell you what, I begin to get stirred a little bit. Sometimes I'm listening to another preacher and, and, uh, and it begins to stir my heart. He said, there's some truths, there's some things that he said, I want you to be stirred with. And I want you to be stirred by. Today as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, we're to remember that we serve a living Savior. Can I tell you that it ought to stir the Christian's heart and life. That we serve a risen Savior, a living Savior who had power over death and hell and the grave and, and sin. And boy, I tell you what, because He lives, we can live also. It ought to stir your heart. We remember His wonderful works also. The psalmist said in Psalms 111 verse 4, He said, He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered. You step out those doors, boy. Yeah, I know, it's cold and it was sleeting a while ago. When I came at 3 o'clock, it was sleeting and drizzling around and everything, but my friend, he made the, even the, you stop and think, even if it was snowing, you stop and think about his works. Every single f- snowflake is unique in itself and is different. That is the hand of God, his works. Every person in this room has a different fingerprint. Every person in the world has a different fingerprint. The very pattern in the iris of your eye is, is different from anybody else's eye in the world. Ever was, ever will be. We're unique. And it's because of the works of God, the hand of God. Not every person in this room got saved the same way. Oh, you got saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, but I'm talking about in the same manner God used different things to draw you unto Him. You can't come unto the Father but by Jesus Christ. And that's the only way of hope is through Jesus Christ's shed blood by putting your faith and trust in Him, repenting of your sin and asking Him to come to your heart and life to save you. We all come through the blood, but my friend, that He used different people and different things and different situations to get us to that point where we would look to Him and receive Him as our Savior. It's the works of God. There's people that I've talked to over the years and it's been... Maybe a car wreck, and sometimes it's maybe the word by somebody, or maybe the death of somebody, or and just on goes the list. How the Lord worked to bring them to him. He said, and the psalmist again, he said in verse 4, he said, uh, Psalm 111, verse 4, he said, He hath made his work wonderful works to be remembered. All the works that he's done. And he goes on and says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. We're to remember his wonderful works in our hearts and lives and remember the His long-suffering. I don't know about you, but I praise God for His long-suffering. I praise God for His mercy. If it was not for the mercy of God, every one of us would perish. Remember His wonderful works. We're to remember the words of our Lord as 
as we walk through this dark world that they might be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Well, I'll tell you what, you get a hold of the Word of God and, and it's good to be able to quote Scripture and, be, and, and have it on your mind. And you heard, so a preacher, I can't remember Scripture. I have a hard time. Oh, get one or two, just one or two anyways and let them soak in. Let them go down deep and remember them. You'll be surprised how many verses that will come to mind. You may not be able to say chapter and verse and you may not quote it exactly right, but it'll be there. Boy, how many times I've been talking to somebody and boy, a verse will come up. I could, didn't even realize that I even ha- had in memory. And it'll come up. I, I, I might say, well, I think it's over in the book of John, but it says, and, and give them the verse. And I may not quote it word for word, but I can get it from the scripture and give to them. Hey, listen, it's good to remember the word of God. How precious and how wonderful the Word of God is. It's, it's God's Word. It's 66 love letters to you and me. And we're to remember it. Remembering it on a daily basis. And He says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. He said, I put it in there. Why did you put it in there? To remember it, to keep me from sin. Sin will either keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. And oh, how we need to remember the words of God. As he speaks to our hearts, as he deals with us in Jude, in verse 17, he says, But beloved, remember ye the words which are, were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember them. We'd remember his example that was set before us and how we're to live each day and every day. You know, the, it helps when you have an example, and we have an example. We have Jesus Christ as our example. Say, preacher, I've never, I, I, how are you saying that I'm supposed to walk like him? I've never seen him. My friend, we preached on it this morning. You believe, you see. And you see him walking through the word, and he, as the Holy Spirit dwells within your life, and he leads and guides and directs you to live and to walk after him and after the Spirit of God. First Peter 2.21 says, even... For even here unto you are called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps. We're to remember the life of Christ. We're to remember the example that He set for us. We're to remember how we're to walk after Him and in His steps. We should be stirred Remember the price for this so great salvation. Well, there's nothing greater than the salvation that God has given to each of us. So many times we, I find Christians who have, have, uh, yes, they claim to be saved, but it seems as though they have forgot. And yet the scripture says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And today we find so many that in re- they fail to remember, so therefore they neglect that salvation. I mean, the greatest thing that you have is not your house. The greatest thing you have is not your bank account. The greatest thing you have is not your vehicle. The greatest thing you have is not your job. The greatest thing that you have is salvation through Jesus Christ. Right. And oh, how we should remember even daily how the Lord snatched us from the burning and and caused us to follow after Him and to see uh, et- that we have eternal life. My friend, the person who neglects salvation will grow cold. The person who neglects their salvation will 
follow after the things of this world. The person who neglects salvation will be miserable. The person who neglects so great a salvation will, will fail to walk with God and understand what God wants for their life. We must remember, we must remember that, that great salvation and what it costs that we might have eternal life. Remembering where we were on our way to a devil's hell. No hope. No help. Remember what we were saved from. But my friend, remember what you've been saved to. We have a home in heaven. We have eternal life. Something that will not fade away. Something that man can't take away. We're to remember the price that was paid as Jesus went to Calvary that we might have eternal life. That He shed His precious blood for you and I. He was beaten for you and I. They plucked the very beard from His face for you and I. They... They, they mocked him. They scourged him. They, they stripped him of his clothes. They, they put a crown of thorns upon his head and beat the crown of thorns into his scalp with a reed and, and mocked him and, 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 and nailed him to an old rugged cross for you and me. We're to remember that great price that was paid for our salvation. We're to be stirred by way of remembrance of him. His admonishment to us to remember that He's coming again. John chapter 14, verse 1, beginning in verse 1, He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Boy, I tell you what, it stirs my heart sometimes when things begin to close in in this old world. I get to thinking, it's okay, he's coming back. Things get pretty high here, I'm thinking, it's already paid for in heaven. Hey, listen, you may have to walk around here, but one of these days, man, I tell you what, we'll be walking up there. We need to remember. That He's coming back for us. While we're here, we're to be stirred to live for the Lord by remembrance of all these and more. But tonight, I want us to think about this. The Lord Jesus instructed us to remember some vital truths about what He gave to redeem us. He wants us to remember that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we'll go back to these verses in, in just a little bit. In verse 24, he says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it, talking about the bread, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. And then he said, This do in remembrance of me. He said, When you take of this bread, he said, Remember me. Verse 25, he says, And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus is saying, when you take of that cup, when you take of that, that bread, he said, I want you. He's admonishing them to take of the Lord's Supper, that now uh, they were to do it in remembrance of him. The bread is that was, was broken and the eaten was 
to cause them to remember His broken body that was given for them and for us. You go over in Isaiah and you begin to read about how He was beaten. You look at you look at at, at uh, Psalms 22 and you find as they was nailed and he was dropped into that that cross was dropped there every bone came out of joint when you go over into the into the gospels and you see how that they plucked his beard how that they all that they did and and it said that they plowed his back with in furrows when they took that cat and nine tails and they beat him it would sink those those pieces of, of sharp pottery and pieces of, of sword blades into his back and they would literally take it and they would drag it across his back ripping and cutting the this flesh on his back. It's been recorded many times that those Roman soldiers knew how to torture a person. They would stretch the back and many times put them on their tippy toes and hold them up so that their body was taut. And they would do that and said many times they would cut a man literally in half. He said, when you take that bread, he said, remember my broken body. He said, do it in remembrance of me. He said, when you take that cup, as they drank of that cup, was to, to take in remembrance of his, of his sinless blood that was shed for all the world and all that, that would receive Him as Savior. And even tonight as we take this bread that represents His broken body, we take of the cup that signifies His shed blood, even tonight, roughly 2,000 years later, we're to remember. We do it in remembrance of Him. Then 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26 says this, For as often as you eat of this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till He come. See, it's not to be a ritual that's done out of habit, but a time of remembrance of what our Savior did that we might have eternal life. Many times and over the years, I've, been, I've had people ask me, why don't you, why don't you uh, do the Lord's Supper? Why don't you do communion more often? I said, well, I probably could do it a little more often. I said, but there's one thing that I've always always guarded against. This is so special. This is so precious. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not to be taken as just something that the church does. We call it a church ordinance. But my friend, understand, it's not to be a ritual. It's not to be looked at as something, oh, we just do this. It's just, oh yeah, it's about, it's about the, the blood of Christ and the, and His broken body. Yeah, yeah. No. no, it's to be, it's to be looked upon in remembrance of what truly took place for you and me. To remember, I mean, literally to bring to our minds, to cause us to remember. There's those, and, 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 and actually, and, and I'm not trying to be mean, but there's those of, that, of the Catholic Church that they call that transubstantiation, which means that it literally becomes the, the flesh when you take that bread and, you, and put it in your mouth. It literally becomes the flesh. And they believe that it literally becomes the, the literal blood of Christ. But can I tell you, that is not what Jesus Christ said. He said, when you take this cup, when you take this bread, He said, remember. 
It is symbolic in remembrance for you and me. That's one of the hard sayings that the apostles and, and the disciples had is when Jesus told them, he said, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you cannot in inherit the kingdom of heaven. But what he's talking about is that Jesus Christ must become a part of your body. When you receive Jesus Christ, he comes in, he becomes a part of you. And that's what the remembrance is about, that He is a part of you. When you received Him as your Savior, it was through His broken body, it was through His shed blood. He says, remember that, that you might walk worthy, that you might walk after Him acceptably. So tonight, before we take of this bread and take of this cup, we're going to examine ourselves. For He also said not to take of it with sin, unconfessed in our lives or to take it with without the right understanding and tonight if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior you're not to take of it if there's sin in your life that you will not get right with God that you will not confess don't take of it he said, preacher, that's, that's kind of narrow. That's why he's telling us here. In fact, he says in verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, otherwise with sin and unconfessed sin and not, not desiring to, to be right with the Lord, eateth and, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. He said, listen, this is so important. He said, consider how important this is. He said, for this cause many are weak and sickly because I took of it unworthily. And he said, goes on, says, among you, and many sleep. And when he's talking about sleeping, he's not talking about because they was tired. He's talking about they were dead. They died. And he's trying to get us to remember the price that was paid. That we would look at this in the right manner. So let us take time in prayer tonight to examine ourselves and remember how we are to approach the Lord in remembrance tonight. This is what about remembering Him.